So we just concluded a series on personal benefits the, the, uh, of getting closer, getting deeper into God's Word. Am I not on? I'm not on. Good. I, I saw you this time. Um, the, the, the blessings that, that we have, the personal enrichment that we have through a deeper understanding. And, and throughout this year, talking about getting closer to God... Uh, kind of all connects here as we're transitioning to a different series. I say transition. Today, I didn't know whether to put it on last series or to to start a new one with it, but it kept on growing. So we're we're just going to kind of transition to a a different set of sermons uh, on the topic of perfection. Um, And when we talk about perfection, our mind is drawn to one one thing, uh, and that is uh, moral perfection. We talk about being sinless. And, and so, so this is the, the one of many areas. Now, we talked about how the word perfect means complete, and, and, and we're going to get into a lot of different things. And, and some of these, uh, I don't know, you might end up today walking out and going, I really disagreed with that. That's fine. Uh, you're, you're entitled to disagree with me. We're going we're to try to however, do our best to compile what the, the scriptures say on the topic. This is where we begin uh, in the topic of perfection, not where we end. And I just want to, while we're on the subject of, of compiling scriptures, from time to time, if, you, if you've ever heard this, you've either heard this uh, or not, I don't know, but uh, you ever heard someone say, I really like expository preaching. You ever heard someone say that? Uh, that's one of those intelligent things that people like to say. Um, so today you are in one of several categories. You've never heard that before. Uh, and good for you. Uh, you might have heard it and know what that means. You might hear it. You might have heard that statement and not know what it means. Or you might have heard that statement and not care what it means. Um, so, so if you're in number one or number four, I'm with you, um, and good for you. Uh, but, uh, but just to explain what expository preaching, a lot of people use that phrase and don't know what it means. But an expository sermon is where we, we take a text, and I'm just going to read a, a, a text, and, and we're going to go through it phrase by phrase, and that would be my sermon. We're just going to, no one likes expository preaching. Um, it's boring. We do expository teaching. If I was, we go through the through the book of Romans, we go phrase by phrase and get stuff out. But but uh, but it is very difficult to get the whole counsel of God on a topic from one text. Why? Because God doesn't put everything. You can't turn to a single text in the Bible. And, and understand what God's full thoughts are on that topic from one text. He doesn't, that's not the way the Bible's written. It's this like, oh yeah, this reminds me of this verse. Oh, well, you can't do that in expository. Sorry. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, I preached a sermon, uh, that's even not expository, where I just looked at Psalms 119. That wasn't even expository because I just kind of read it and then, and then picked out things. That's, that's called a textual, let's see if I can remember homiletics. I think that's called textual natural. And that's a different kind of sermon where we just, all of my points are from that text, but it's not the whole text. We just kind of picked out little things. 
No one likes expository preaching. And by the way, you can, there's not a lot of them, but you can go through the, the sermons in the book of Acts and, and, and Jesus. Jesus, Paul, Peter, not one of them ever preached an expository sermon. Everyone's. So I'm in good company. Uh, that was extra. But completeness has a lot of aspects. And, and so, so we want to begin, as I say, not end talking about moral perfection or what we would refer to as sinless perfection. So we're dealing, obviously, with a complex topic. And there are some sources of contention. And, and that is, in looking at different verses, we can come up with like, like different thoughts. And sometimes the thoughts on any topic, sometimes the verses seem... When we, we first look at them, they seem to be so far apart. We go, how am I going to reconcile these two verses? They, they seem like a contradiction. And, and anytime we have these verses, those who don't like the Bible love to point those verses. Oh, there's a contradiction. And so let's look at a couple of those. Uh, it says, <clears throat> Matthew 5, 48, it says, Therefore you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. See? Okay, that seems pretty straightforward. And then someone says, wait a minute. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Impossible. Now Jesus is asking me to do something impossible. All right. So, so, so these do not seem like they can peacefully coexist. Right? The, 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 it's oil and water. It's brother and sister. They, they, they can't peacefully coexist in the same room. So we have a couple of things that, as, as humans, we, are, we have this tendency to what, that we lean a particular way. We just, on, on anything, we lean a particular way. And, and so whatever way you lean, that's, you're going to kind of want to lean towards that verse, whatever your character is. And so we deal with this a couple of ways. How am I going to deal with these uh, with these passages. Well, one would be to metaphorize Matthew chapter 5. And, and we say, well, perfect doesn't mean perfect. It means complete. It means mature. He's trying to tell me to be better. And that's, that, that's what Jesus is really saying. So, so it's kind of a metaphor. Okay, that's one way of dealing. We'll, we'll, we'll go back through these and kind of look at what the Bible says about it and look what the right approach is or the, what I, I believe is the best approach. These are the, the ways to approach it. The second way would be to overanalyze. Some would say just analyze, but overanalyze Romans. And, and how they would do that would say, well, in Romans, he says, Paul is saying all have sinned. That's past tense. And all fall short. That's a present tense. But it doesn't say anything about the future tense. Right? So I could, I could theoretically be perfect. From this point on, and that's what Jesus is saying is, is in the future, I could be perfect. You should go and be perfect. And, and, and so that doesn't disagree with Romans. That's actually not a, a bad approach. Uh, we'll get more specific. Um, of the three that we're going to talk about, that, that to me is the closest uh, to, to trying to get these into the, on, on the same page. Uh, the third one would be to overreach. To overreach would be to go back to Matthew and say, listen, 
what Jesus said is an expectation. Okay, that is a true statement. And if it is an expectation, it's realistic. And there will be people that will talk about sinless perfection as though it is a very... It's not just a theoretical possibility, but to, to go beyond that and to say, <clears throat> it's very realistic. You just be perfect. All right? So uh, those are the three approaches. And I, and I want to kind of just run back through these just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> to set the record straight, first of all, sinless perfection is intended. It's not a metaphorized, mature level that's a little bit better. This is the first reference uh, to the word perfect in the Bible. It's in Leviticus chapter 22, verse 21. And this, is the, this, be, this is the basis of the topic of perfection. It's not all of it, but this is the basis of it. It says, when anyone offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord to fulfill a vow as a freewill offering from the herd or from the flock to be accepted, it must be perfect there shall be no blemish in it. Now this in here says nothing about sin. What is important here is that in Leviticus twenty two twenty one, this is setting up, if we want to talk about metaphors, this is setting up the word picture for the New Testament. It says, knowing you were uh, ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish, or spot. Jesus was not merely mature. <clears throat> Jesus wasn't just morally better. Jesus was sinless. So the idea here is inescapable that he is talking about sinless perfection. Now to add to that, this is the same exact text. If we just back up a couple of verses, the same exact text has the sister passage to the the one that, uh, that, that in Matthew where, where Jesus says, be perfect. First Peter 1 Peter 16, just a couple of verses says, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So, so the idea is on our moral perfection. The goal is moral holiness at the standard of an almighty, perfect father. That's what he's talking about. That's hard. <laughs> I'm not going to get there. Romans 3.23 says, I'm not going to get there. So, we <clears throat> well, let's get to overanalyzing. Um, and, uh, well, let's actually, let's address our logic first. <clears throat> Because we, we assume that Jesus wouldn't ask me to do something impossible. He, and to require, he said, you must be perfect. He didn't say, try to be perfect. He said, you must be perfect. As your heavenly father is perfect. Well, Jesus wouldn't ask me to do anything impossible. Really? Jesus asks us to do a lot of impossible things. He said, you shall... Not an option, not an encouragement, not just good advice. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. Impossible. 
That is an impossible task that I have. Cannot do that. Why wouldn't Jesus ask us to do impossible things? If I attempt to do impossible things, I will get a lot closer to the goal than if I never set that goal. Don't you aim for perfection when you do something? Don't, don't you say, I want to do this, I want to master, the, whatever the thing is, you don't go into it and go, I just kind of want this to kind of half look decent. I mean, maybe some stuff, but, but usually when you pick a tactic, I mean, it's something you love. It's something, you get irritated. Uh, now, see, school was not the big, we have a graduation, so maybe this is the wrong day for this, but I was not a great student. And the people that irritated me were the people, like the girls that would cry when they got a 99 on the test. I could not. If, if you're those people, then I'm sorry. I didn't like you when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tragedy. Right? But there was this goal of perfection, and I fell a little short of it. I was like, man, I never set that goal. Like, my goal was to go to the next grade. That's my goal. <laughs> and then to be done. But there are areas where I do have something that I'm passionate about. And it irritates me when it doesn't look like my mind pictured it was going to be. Whatever that is... We set the goal of perfection, and it never quite gets there. And that's what God is saying. I'm setting a goal of perfection for you, knowing you're not going to get there. But that's the goal. We need a responsible analysis, not an over-analysis, but if we're going to look at words and what they mean, then let's look at them. I said this was the best of those. All have sinned. That is a past tense. That's true. Okay, so not bad start. However, I know you want to, I, I know a day where we're done with grammar and all that excitement, graduation and all that. This is what we wanted to talk about was grammar. To fall short is not simply a present tense verb. It's not, it's not just like a, I'm doing, this is what it's called in, in this, I don't know if we even have this tense in English, but it's a present passive indicative, which means this. It is telling me of a condition I'm in. It's like being or doing would be the closest that we have in English. Literally, this would be like all our being short of the glory of God. It's, it, in other words, it's not a one and done. It, it is, we talked about the present with the view to the future. That's what this is. This is like I'm short. I, I sinned yesterday. I'm short today. But guess what? I'm going to be short. This is like... 
like every bachelor's financial status. You know, like I'm gonna be short this month, and I'm gonna be short next month, and I'm gonna be short. like that's that's what this is. I'm I'm short. I'm short again. Guess what? I'm sure. I just, just this is my condition. It's not that I'm gonna be short. Just this is my condition. I'm short of the glory of God. Period. I will be tomorrow. I will be the day after. We just might as well call it what I am. The reality is to, to look at it this way. Let us suppose that, in theory, I could make the right decision now. Right? That's, that's the, I'm presented with a situation. Can I make the right choice? Yes. If, uh, let's say, uh, I, I, something really tempting, something really wrong. I really want this thing. And it's really a struggle. If you pull the gun out and put it at my head, I would suddenly find the reserve to make the right decision, wouldn't I? Oh, wow, where did that strength come from? Well, you pointed a gun at me. And every decision in my life, if one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, you just pulled out a gun and said, make the right decision, I would make the right decision, I would be perfect. I would be. You pointed a gun at my head and said, Andrew, don't do that thing. I'm not going to do that thing. I would be perfect. Theoretically, that's true. I can do that. Here's the problem. The problem is I can't be perfect because I sinned yesterday. So it doesn't make a difference. How many, if I start off on a tails, it doesn't make a difference if for the rest of my life I roll heads. I'm not perfect and I can't be perfect because yesterday is messing me up. And that's the reality of my life. I can't be perfect. Regardless of what I do from today. So how then do I get closer to God in this request, in this thing? He says, be perfect. I can't. How can I do this if I can't do this? Well, first of all, acting more like him gets me closer to him. Acting more like God gets me closer to God. The reason that we have difficulty reconciling these two verses is because they aren't supposed to be reconciled. That's the problem. They exist in two completely different planes. One is an observation. Right? All have sinned. That's an observation of humanity. Paul is observing humanity. The other is an objective. They, they don't exist together. That's the reconciliation if you want to reconcile them. That, that is understanding that they can't be reconciled. They're not meant to come up and form one doctrine. They exist in two completely different areas. They have a different purpose. But the goal, Jesus' goal, is clearly for me not to sin. The end of 
dealing with a woman caught in sin, this is what he said. Go, don't sin anymore. He didn't quantify it. Like, he didn't say, don't do this sin anymore. He didn't say, try not to sin anymore. Try to sin less. Like, all the meta- like all of the lowering the bar, he did not do those things. He said, don't sin anymore. That's the objective. That's my objective. That's his objective for every person. Closer is our topic. And this suggests a journey. Starting out. Well, when I start out, I'm not where I want to be. And this whole thing, this whole year, really, if we look at any one of the individual topics, well, we even talked about this last week, talking about Paul, where, he's, where Paul says, I've not yet attained. I've not yet gotten to that top level. And face it, none of us are going to be on the top stair. None of us are going to be like, well, I did it, now what? Now, I don't know what to do now. And God goes, I guess you earned your way in. Oh, look at you. That's, that's not, that's not, if it didn't happen for Paul, it's not happening for me. I'll tell you that. So, I'm doing the best I can. Hopefully. And John addresses both of those areas in one verse. This is the closest we can come to reconciling them. And this is hard because, as I said, this is hard because our minds tend to lean one way. We go, but if this, then... And it's hard for me to pick both of these. And this is what John writes. He says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Stop right there. That's the objective. This is the purpose. I'm doing these things so you will not sin. You have no excuse not to sin because of what I'm writing you. But if. In other words, God doesn't go, oh, I gave them the objective and they fell short. What do we do now? God was aware of our tendencies a long time ago. And so he says, but if anyone does not sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Oh. Goal. Reality. They both are in the same sphere in a sense. In God's mind, they can be harmonized. In my mind, it's like objective and I fell short. What? So that can't be true. That's the way my mind wants to process this. No, it's a journey. There's an ideal, but there's a contingency plan because I'm human. That's what it comes down to. I'm human. 
And just as my mind struggles between two points, so also practically I struggle between these two points. I go out and, and uh, I got this great idea in my mind and it's like two in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, wasn't even thinking because there was no one holding a gun to my head. That guy with the gun would have just been there. <laughs> then I would have been okay. But I forgot. And so I struggle between these points. And God says, I've got you covered. Okay, now I won't sin no more. And then, you know, five in the afternoon. Ah, okay, got you covered. Now go and sin no more. And that's the goal. Every time. When we come in, we take communion, we think about all the dumb stuff I did this week. And we go, okay, now go and sin no more, Andrew. That's how God harmonizes these. That's how God puts them together. Go and sin no more. Moral perfection is a part of perfection. It's, 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 it's the beginning point of our journey. And so we want to begin. Just begin. I don't know where your journey starts. I don't know where you look and, and go, this is what I'm missing. This is where, this is where I need to, to start at. Probably if we all thought about it and put myself down on paper, I could start in a lot of places. Right? I, could, I could do this one. Okay, do that one. And, or I could do this one. Start somewhere. I, I told you the story of my grandmother. She, she taught me how to clean my room. And because uh, my, room, my room was so bad, I, we, we, we hound our kids for their rooms. But our kids' rooms have not gotten to the point where they had to move out of them. True story. So that's a confession. Uh, me and my brother both were sleeping on the couch together because our rooms were so bad so my grandma came to visit and my my grandma had a museum for a house like like there were like the dust bunnies were afraid of my grandma's house they never came by so she taught me how to clean my house my room she said just start here we're going to, she, she got the vacuum cleaner, she pulled the vacuum cleaner over, <coughs> and we picked up just this little square. I know I've told you this story before, but we picked up this little square, and she vacuumed it, and it looked nice. And it was motivating, it's like, I want to do this square over here, and just, she was like, it was like, you know, uh, seeing like, uh, when they do an excavation or something, you know, it's like, they grid everything off, and we just kind of gridded off and, and went through, and my, my room was clean. No, it didn't stay that way, don't worry about that. But, <laughs> but it was, it was, I, I've, I've taken that lesson, like, you know, if I'm doing my garage or whatever, whatever the thing needs, it's like, okay, just work this area, just start somewhere, because you know, moral perfection is one area of perfection. There's, there's a lot of areas of perfection. We're going to talk about things that don't have to do with sin necessarily. That's the first 
step. You know what? That's the step where we begin in the Old Testament, where it was a lot of don't do this and don't do that and don't do this. That's where he begins. He says, okay, we're just going to learn really basic stuff. Don't do this stuff. That's the Old Testament. He begins with a concept. At least get a concept. It's not like they ever got there, but, but get a concept of don't do some stuff. Get that concept. Then we can go on to a perfection of a different type. And it's not that I'm ever going to master this one. They never mastered it. I'm not going to master it. I'm a human being. I'm going to mess up. But get this idea. <coughs> Begin here. This, is, this really, to me, sinless perfection is like 10% of the New Testament. I don't know if that's accurate or not. God is like, your percentage is way off. But to me, it's the smallest part of the New Testament. Of, of what I'm expected to do as a Christian... I'm not saying it's the easiest part. I'm just saying it's the smallest part. Christianity is about so much more. Whereas if I got to heaven and I had been perfect, like, it's not even a thing wrong from the, this point. Jesus said, from this point, go and sin no more. And I get there and go, ah, oh, you didn't sin anymore. But here's all this other stuff. That's what he's going to say. There's all this other stuff. You didn't sin, No. Like, like the guy says, <clears throat> I've kept all these things from my youth. Good. Go and give all you have to the poor. What? I didn't know that was a sin. No, it's not. It's a different area. We're covering different stuff. Oh, there's a lot more there. Begin somewhere. Find something that you need to master. Because we all have something that's kind of the weeds have grown up right there. Find that area. Whatever it is, begin there. And then these other elements of maturity. We free up some time. We free up. It gets exciting. I'm starting to work. I can see where I've come from. I can see some things, improvement. And it gets exciting. And it kind of becomes this self-perpetuating machine. It's exciting. I want to see the end of this thing. When it's the beginning, it's like, man, this is going to be so hard. No, then I just want to like, ugh, I want to ignore it. I want to forget it, like, not pretend it exists. Move out of the living room, sleep over there. So I'm to pretend my room doesn't exist. Because it's too much. Take a section. Begin somewhere. Begin, in other words, where God begins. God begins talking about moral perfection. And then we'll talk about other stuff. We're going to conclu uh, conclude there uh, in, in closing song. We have some other stuff going on afterwards, so stay tuned. Uh, I'm not sure the order of events myself. I don't usually do today, uh, but, but I'm filling in uh, as both of our elders are not here. So we'll conclude. Please stand. Are you willing?